it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. Jumping right to it, I've got a beautiful guest today. It's such a pleasure to see this face. Nikki, please, please, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Yes. Hi, everybody. My name is Nicole Barnwell. I'm the president and founder of the HBCU Hub. We're a nonprofit organization that works with young people to help to expose them to HBCUs, help them uh, actually gain enrollment and successfully transition to HBCUs. Um, also have uh, worked in business and I'm passionate about financial, the financial literacy world as well. So we incorporate that into our programming for the organization. And yeah, super excited to be here with you. Ms. D. Carey, and finally, you know, get to connect uh, around, you know, around uh, the work that, you know, we're both doing and how they intersect. So happy to be here. And I'm so happy to have you with me. Thank you so much for your time. Um, so it came up in, I'd say, probably the last three episodes I had guests with. And mm -hmm. I don't know why it took me so long to, like, boom, I got the plug. You. Um, <laughs> college i'm listening to these young ladies talk about what their college experience was and how study abroad has been such a beautiful opportunity for a lot of them and in listening to them describe their experience of course i thought of mine so i went to well i graduated in 2007 thankfully four years was in and out was done just one fucking degree didn't really give a shit about nothing else i did the easiest thing possible i really i legit just wanted to be in and out and yeah. I unfortunately did not avail myself to um, the opportunity to do study abroad. I think I saw a poster or an advertisement for it. Like I'd heard about it prior while I was in high school. Yeah. But taking a step back, my college experience, it's like I can see how different I am now. I can see how different my parents are now. Because when I was looking at um colleges I remember for a minute you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to go to Loyola I was going mm -hmm. to Loyola I was moving to Maryland I was going to have crab cakes every weekend it was going to be uh, <laughs> fish fries and crab boils the whole thing I this is what I was going to this is who I was going to be it was going to be my new life and then we went down yeah. to visit it and I'm so glad that we went to visit it because I got there and I was just like oh this ain't it this is not for me. Mm. Where are the black kids? Yeah. Like, That's and right. I, mind you, didn't even, I wasn't interested in going to an HBCU at the time because yeah. unfortunately my experience of HBCUs, one of my cousins went to an HBCU, she went to Howard. Yeah. And I let that um. one, <laughs> I let that one, oh no, I had two cousins that went to HBCUs. Um, Cam okay. went to Howard and- Tay went to Spelman and okay so in my mind I'm like oh it's gonna be a fashion show and I'm not a fashion girl and because I'm like yo I know Cam and I know Tay Jiggy Cam is from Harlem Tay is a queen shit Cam was just like our entire lives it was just like everything done up yeah yeah and so for me the 16, 17 year old, I'm looking at the people that are going there. And then 
God bless Janae. We have not spoken since she left for college, but she wrote me a letter after her first year of college. And she was basically telling me, you know, what her experience like as a freshman was like, be careful of, you know, the people that you spend time with, like just doing like the the older friend, the big sister, the big cousin, like, let me give you a little bit of info that yeah. I got put onto now that I'm in this situation. Now I'm doing college. So I had a perception of uh, all black schools not going to be for me because one, I'm not the fashion girl. I don't do like, I wasn't like, we didn't have it like that. So I didn't do neighboring clothes. So I started working myself and my little check was, <laughs> couldn't tell me nothing when I finally got the drip I wanted but at the same time I never thought that I would be able to keep up with everyone else so I let that deter me plus at the time um what was it what was the name of that show a different world than all I just felt like well the world isn't all black so why would I go to a black school I don't know that because in my head it was just like well you know, all the the plugs and all the business people are white because there's no representation. This is coming from a kid that grew up in the 90s and didn't see black CEOs and black business owners and black people. So I'm like, all right, well, all the business people are white. Why would I go to a school that had just black people? I'm going to be out the mix. I'm going to be out the loop. And I already feel like I'm not going to be up to par. So my God, looking back on where my head was at and making that decision, I absolutely wish you and your program and the options that you had were available to me because I know that there were the bus rides. I know that there were the trips and the tours that would bring you to schools to go see it. However, as much as I, I went to white ass high school. So that wasn't at my disposal. I was just left out to figure it out on my own. And like I mentioned, like I love seeing the growth in my parents as well because my mother went to college. She went to Adelphi, same school I went to. She couldn't graduate from there because she took that L and, you know, you work. I'm going to leave school so my parents can help my siblings. But knowing what I know now, I wish I had that information then. So there were so many opportunities that I naively just didn't take advantage of because I didn't see myself in what I thought they were. I didn't see me like Lil D. I didn't see that in any of that. So I, Mm -hmm. in listening to these women who look like me, yeah, being able to find those programs, it's now it was in my head so is it the student that has to do the searching or is it the organization is it the school is it the high school that should be making sure that the students have this information available to them is it the you know family members and the friends of these students that should be making the information available to them like I don't want to say whose yeah. responsibility is it, but how do we bridge the two, right? Because you can only expect the 16, 17-year-old, an average 16, because we got the ones that are 13 and they already got their school list. They've got already got their application plan. A lot of people are just built differently and they, yeah. you know, know what they want. They've Whether or not they've seen it or not, they just have that. Um, that drive, that ambition. Yes, yeah. yes. everybody yeah. is different. And Knowing that personality absolutely will have an effect on the way you make decisions. How would you suggest we bridge that? What is it that you do in 
you know, service to our kids that allow them to see themselves and understand that these opportunities and institutions exist to make sure that they are seen and valued and heard. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love I love that you say that you were uh I think you I had a I was naive in a different way going into Hampton because I didn't really know much about the school for real. My dad, you know, he's a past he passed up over 20 years. He used to go to the ministers conference down there. So he was okay. a big advocate for he was like, oh, Hampton's a good school, it's a good school. Like that was his biggest thing. And then I visited and it was beautiful and all these beautiful black people. I'm like, I went to white school, but I want to be here. Like this is where I want to be. I, I think that made me like want to go more because it was all mm-hmm. black and the fact that I went to Catholic school, like for since middle from sixth grade on up, um, and I same with you. I didn't have counselors, guidance counselors, or really many uh, like um, big sister types. We had elders in my mm-hmm. church. That's really how I um, initially um, got to visit Hampton. They put together a church HBCU tour and took all of the high school kids on course. So I had to go. It was my sophomore year. I wasn't thinking about college. My dad was like, no, you're going. And I'm mm. so grateful because that was my first introduction to Hampton and Morgan and Howard and, you know, a lot of the HBCUs that we went to go visit. But in terms of um, uh, how we can bridge the gap, it's such a layered issue. The like doing this work has shown me how, many different components right play a role in why the condition is what it is today which is that there aren't any you know aside from the the work that we do there aren't trainings for guidance counselors to to become educated about how to effectively transition their students to to HBCUs and um, I feel like the responsibility is definitely on on guidance counselors and on the on the DOE but what I found that it's not to have the, the the lightest the lightest lift, I'll say, for them. They a lot of guidance counselors have a lot of students that they have to get through the door, to get through the graduation, right? Get through get get out, right? Their senior year. You know, they is only one of them for like hundreds of students a lot of times. So they just a lot of times from what I've in the conversations that I've had, they don't have the time, they don't have the energy yeah. to really put forth the additional effort. So in the community, that's the easy easy application it's free mm-hmm. you know it's a like I said it's a, it's a it's a lighter lift when it comes to HBCUs because there are a hundred of them there is no generally things have changed a little bit recently but there's no centralized real way of like of um of applying for them aside from aside from the black college common app so for if anyone's watching oh. that is college as a parent that is um you know that that um has or or there's a parent out there that has a student who is currently going through the process. The Black College Common app is an application where you can apply to about 50 HBCUs through um through that application and you know you can get a decision. It's one fee. It's definitely mm-hmm. has helped a lot with people and students who you know may have costs um limits mm-hmm. or you know financial limitations and want to apply to HBCU. That's another route that was not in existence right when we were in, mm-hmm. in high school. So. You know, that's definitely something that has has benefited, like, you know, more recent students who've been applying for HBCUs. But, um, you know, counselors just, they don't have, like, a, many of them are on a large scale. They're not getting trained and they don't have the capacity to, like, you know, to be the ones to, to, to really push students towards HBCUs. And some of them just don't believe in HBCUs. They don't believe that they're quality schools. They don't, there's just a lot of misinformation out there, right? They don't have, believe that students can afford them. My students are, you know, in these, you know, low-income neighborhoods. I hate that because I'm like, if a student is capable of the student, there are students that are achieving on a high level. You can, there are scholarships that are available. Mm-hmm. We, you know, 
We've seen it happen time and time again. Um, so that bothers me. But, you know, we're, you know, responsibility, I think, pulls on us as alumni, you know, the the, the people that are connected to the organization. Um, we take it very seriously, the work that we do, making sure that we're everywhere that we can be at every fair, at every event to make sure that HBCU, the HBCU legacy continues and that students know that these are valuable, um, you know, experiences and and just great opportunities, just yeah. not only uh, from a, you know, professional career standpoint, but from a personal development standpoint, right? Like being able to be 18 on a, on a in a Black space where you can just fully be yourself and fully you know, self-actualize as Kamala Harris says. And she, I love, I love when she says like, you can fully become yourself yeah. on, on the campus of an HBCU. And I think that, you know, it's something that's just special. And when we don't show up, right. When we don't have counselors that are supportive, it helps. It definitely like, it, it, it becomes, you know, a barrier for students who do, who do want that experience. So to answer your question, I think the responsibility falls on a number of people. I think it, you know, I think it falls on alumni. I think it falls on counselors. Um, and the, the work that, you know, we do as an organization is to really um, be the support system, right? Be the, the be that gap, you know, filler to ensure that um, students do have a place to go to, you know, when they aren't interested in HBCUs and they just want information. Um, so, so, yeah, I think it's definitely the collective effort, <laughs> collective responsibility that we need to have when it comes to making sure students have what they need for HBCU attendance. So what exactly um, do you guys do over at the uh, H- it's HBCU hub, right? HBCU hub, yeah. So we, um, originally the organization, I started the, started the organization out of just wanting to create a space for students to learn about HBCUs. I never really wanted to do a program because I felt like that would just be just too much, but um, we did develop, end up develop, developing a program called HBCU Hub University, which is organi- which is a pretty much a college, HBCU focused um, college access program. So our, our mission is and our goal is to bridge bridge the gap and create a um, high school to HBCU pipeline. Mm-hmm. And so our um, program is pretty you know it's pretty straightforward. We have workshops. We have sorry about the the noise. We have workshops. We have, um, <laughs> um, we you know assign mentors. Hmm. We um, we do different activities, attend different events together um, that are here, such as HBCU Night. They have one at Madison Square Garden. They have they have a bunch of different like, HBCU events nice. um, that we've been able to expose students to. Um, they'll come help out at different like fairs and things that we're doing. Just really any and everything related to HBCU, we try to bring that to them, bring them to the coach like introduce them to the culture because um once once I usually get students like once they visit a campus they come to an event they see the love they see the the camaraderie and like the family oriented nature of like just HBCU alumni when we get together we do things um that always helps to to help them to see like what they can get from HBCU experience um so yes that's essentially like what we a lot of like what I do on a day-to-day like I get invited to tons and tons of college fairs, um, and I love doing those because it's, you know we're always looking to connect with new students. Um, we uh, what else? Yeah, we um, we haven't started our programming just yet. Um, our full cohort, but once that starts, Perfect. we'll be doing workshops every every two weeks with students talking about financial aid, scholarships, and what to expect when you get on campus. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we are sister Greeks, so what you know to expect from the divine nine, mm-hmm. you know, experience, um, you know, any and everything related to having a successful and 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 like a full right like college experience. And yeah. a lot of students, some students come to us and they don't have to go into HBC, they still benefit from you right. know from our mentorship and from from the advice that we give them around just how to be successful in college, how to network the importance of finding adults on campus that can support you in, you know, whatever that looks like. That's something that I always wish I would have done more of when I was on campus, like finding adults that were in high places or not even high places, just in administration that could be a mentor and that could, you know, help you out when it comes to Mm -hmm. different things. Um, So yeah, so those are things that we do in our programming just again to bridge the gap and ensure that students have um, the resources that the information um, and just the like the guidance the 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 network you know Mm -hmm. to be successful when they get to their their college that's one thing I like that you touched on that because I feel like knowing how to use resources is something that not everybody necessarily um, picks up on right away And I feel like to your point, like I missed such a window of resources that I didn't even know. Because it's like when you go into it, you have an idea when you go into college. Right. And that's what I mean by it. When you go into college. Honestly, let me just speak from my experience. When I went into college, I understood college to be the place where you make the networks. Right. But I didn't necessarily understand the value of all of those different relationships and how certain relationships can be more beneficial than um, the job. So that was one of those things where um, like I didn't do shit in school because I went to a black ass elementary school, went to Catholic school. I've been in Catholic school from nursery through 12th grade, through 12th. So always been in Catholic school, but elementary and junior high, was a black school. So I had Mm -hmm. that nurture, like my teachers mostly looked like me. I was surrounded by other black kids. So I had a very black ass under like, Um, what do you call it? Primary education. Yeah. By the time I got to high school, I was like one of maybe five, six black girls in my class. Now granted I had a small class. Like I had, I went to all girls Catholic high school. So I only had, I graduated with like 68 girls. My freshman class was maybe 115 and then throughout the you know the four years a lot of girls just was like fuck this all girl shit like I'm not with it or my parents <laughs> parents realized yo my kid is not really doing what catholic school money that I'm spending is really worth right. so we're gonna put that ass in public school you really want a public school now you're gonna get it right so we graduated right, right, with right. a smaller class and I was so active in high school. Like I did all the clubs, all the, like I did it all. And then I don't know if it was just like burnout by then. By the time I got to college, I'm like, just tell me what my classes are. That's all I'm doing. And then I had like three fucking jobs because at this point, you know what I mean? Like I've been working since I was like in high school, like maybe probably before because I always had like little side hustles and I always I was always yeah. a hustler and they always want to get some coin you know what I mean like it was just right just to do something with myself right mm-hmm. just ideas and oh I'm gonna try this or let me do this or oh, I can make money yeah. over this y'all like this all right I'm gonna make some bookmarks or something so I always yeah. had that spirit but by the time I got to school like to college I was making money for nothing I had no responsibilities I was a contractor teaching yeah. dance class I was making 30 dollars an hour 
Oh, at wow. like That's 22, yeah. 20. And I had not had a financial literacy course or a financial literacy class. So I had no fucking clue what to do with all of this money. And I yeah. wish strongly that someone would have told me. It's not, I didn't fuck up with credit cards in college. I will say I'm glad that I didn't fuck up credit until I was in my first apartment and having to pay for life on my own in the middle of a recession. Cause hello, 2008, you know, but right hello. There with you, we, we lived a life already. This, yeah, um, this end millennial with the, our, the beginning millennials, baby. Yeah. We went, we, we've we been, been through some things. A yeah. lot of turmoil feels like, uh-huh. you know, in the world we experienced so much. We really have. Yeah. But I wish that services and programs like that were, I don't, and I don't, and then again, it's to your point. I remember you said like your dad told you at 15, he was like, no, you're going to go, you're going to go on the tour, go see it. Yeah. I didn't have that. And so at this point, I would really like to be that big cousin. Like I know when I have like the college talk with my younger cousins, it's always the, you know, if you can start paying them student loans down while you're in school, don't let all that shit be interest when you get out. Because at this point I don't graduated. So 2007, I don't, don't, I don't, don't ask me to do the numbers, but it's been a time and I'm still paying fucking loans. So that's one of the things that I wish I'd known. And I try to tell, you know, the younger kids that I talk to about it. A lot of them will ask about the sorority thing. And i do my best, give you the information I have, but it's like, I'm not active. You know what I mean? Like I'm not financial. So it's like my information is not the same. And then also I'm an adult. My undergrad experience is not going to be your undergrad experience. And we're at different campuses. Like, so this is definitely going to be very different, uh, very different. So how do I try to navigate being the adult that wants to, you know, give as much information outside of it being just my experience. I went to school in a completely different era. I was listening to some of the um, programs that are avail- uh, available in terms of, what do you call that? Um, your majors, coursework, and all of that jazz. And just listening to, I had one young lady, uh, Sojourner, she was telling me about one of the the majors that she was doing. And I'm just like, and here I was thinking public relations was very fancy in, you know, 2003. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It was something about, so I think it was international social work or um, like just okay. social, like my best friend is a social work. And the two of us were like, oh, bitch, this could be an international <laughs> job. I know. I thought we would just have to be, you know, you were just relegated to, you know, the different programs and services that you know about that are available in your state, whatever that state is. So there's so many things. And it's just like, but she really struck me as um, some, she was a planner. You know what I mean? Like she was the type of person that was very willing to um, dive into looking things up and asking questions. She seemed to have a very good grasp of knowing how to use those resources, tapping on the adults that have the information. So where would you suggest that a student that is looking to start tap dancing around where they want to go to school, what's the right time window to start doing this? What types of websites or organizations should they be tapping Mm -hmm. into to get a feel for 
what school is going to be a good fit for them. And then also, what do you suggest kids think about in terms of knowing what a good, like, how do you match a school to a personality, like finding where you're going to be taken care of? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I get this question all the time and I always, always in, invite and encourage students to first look within, right? Do your self-discovery and figure out what is it that you want to do because until you really understand your path or at least have a general idea of what you want to do, it doesn't make sense to look at schools because your schools got, need to match what you're interested in, your major, right? And so um, that's always especially now school is so expensive. It's an investment, a big investment. You won't want to just go to school and just figure it out. Like you want to really have done the work ahead of time and as early as possible and tap your time. And, and, and like you were, like you were saying, like being involved in high school and like, that's part of self-discovery, right? Trying a bunch of different things, seeing what it is that you do well and that you feel like you would want to pursue, you know, professionally, that's the first start always in terms of giving advice with like what like what are the some of the early steps early as early as you can figure out what is it what is it that you want to do uh, even if it's just in a general sense right mm -hmm. and then that'll match you a better better put you I'll put you in a better position to find a school that's aligned with that because that's really what you know that's the name of the game college is right. stepping stone it's the way for you to network it's the, it's the way for you to be connected with different opportunities so that's when you graduate you got you know you have a, mm -hmm. a, a, a lot of different you know options and so that's my first thing um I think like you know to the travel conversation visiting the schools is important right. like you were saying if you know you might have an idea of what a school is like from the pictures and the website and Instagram when you get there it may not be a good fit for you right you are a city girl at heart but you know the schools in the country might be good, good for you might not be it's good to visit and to be present and experience the campus on your own or whatever you know whatever the mm -hmm. the, the school the institution environment institution environment is and see like if it's you know if it's a good fit the culture of the school is something that you know is something that's aligned with who you are as a person in addition to your career goals right because they could have the best program in the world but if it's a white school and they you know they're not inviting and you know you really don't mm -hmm. feel comfortable you don't feel matters. seen how are you going to feel you know, like you can, be, yeah. How can you be successful? You know what I mean? In your, in your coursework and in connecting with people who can potentially give you career opportunities if you don't feel comfortable and you don't, like I said, you don't mm -hmm. feel seen. But all of the, all of those things are extremely, extremely important. Things that I wish, honestly, that I had, I was like, I didn't like, I wish I was this aware or had this kind of like um understanding because I was just like I really was kind of winging it like apply for Hampton like I applied for mm -hmm. Hampton and I said admissions the, alum, the local alumni like had in this in the city at Columbia when I was a senior high school but my paperwork they were like oh you're admitted and that was it like that was the end of my college nice. <laughs> journey like really cut and dried like that and I think, like I said, I was a little bit naive, but it kind of, it worked out. You know what I mean? Like I loved Hampton. I, I, that's one thing that I just, I hold so, so dear to me and I cherish because it was really that beautiful of an experience. But, but yeah, like, you know, going into, when it comes to this now, like mm. there has to be a plan. You have to be, you know, thoughtful and, and just have a real understanding of, of, of what you're, you know, looking to get out of a college experience. Otherwise it won't be. You, you know, you may have some regrets or you may, you know, things may not turn out, you know, in the best way because that plan wasn't set in place early on. Um, so, yeah, I hope that answers your question. 
yeah, that answered the um the one of them. What kind of resources would you uh suggest? Yeah. Um, in terms of resources, I would definitely stay connected to the college um college organ like college um access organizations. So yeah, like the hub definitely is happening with us, the hbchubs.org for anybody that's out there that wants to know how to find us. Everything is there on our website. Do you guys um, do any uh virtual work with students? Like if somebody is in Georgia. Um, so we did more of that. So we're hybrid. So our, our HHU program is hybrid. So those for those that um aren't aren't in the state, yeah, there is are there are still ways to connect with us. Okay. Um, but we are, you know, working to transition to be just, you know, more in person than not, because you know, I'm sure everybody's zoomed out at this point. But yeah, no, we do, <laughs> we do, we do work with students who aren't um in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I love UNCF. I think UNCF is a great resource, especially when it comes to like scholarships and finding money for college. Um, you know, local organizations like um the Malcolm Bernard College Fair. Um, they do a HBCU fair every year in November. Usually it's in Riverbank State Park. Um, they always okay. have university representatives from HBCUs where you can learn about different colleges. Um, where else? This year there was a um New Jersey HBCU classic. Um, they had a big college fair as well. I think like just showing like being present at the different event college events, like Googling, go go on Eventbrite, see what college events are are happening in your town. Because I I'm I'm an advocate of now that we can be outside and we can be in person, <laughs> like go outside, explore, go, you know, go visit a school, go go see your local, you know, the schools in your local area and then see like what they have to offer. I think like being an adventurer and being ex- like I'm big on like exploration, you know, as okay. a high school student and, and getting out of the house and really just going and and just seeing what the world has to offer. I think like more than anything, like that's always my my what I encourage students to do. Websites are cool and stuff like that, yeah. but like who's not a full picture. To- yeah, see who's having college, you know, focused events. I mean, there are plenty of after school programs that that also offer college readiness, go to your guidance counselor. I know guidance counselors, they get a tons and tons and tons of like different information about different um, different schools. But even like you were saying earlier about like having cousins, older cousins and things like that, like using those resources, yeah. like to talk to your parents, see, you know, let them know that you're interested in, in learning about, um, you know, different college opportunities. Be an explorer, that's my biggest thing. Like um, as a high school student, explore explore see as much as you can see and you know learn as much as you can learn um before you even get to college because that'll just put you in the best position when you get there so when would you uh say a good time to start all of this is because obviously the whole self-discovery start as soon as possible like it's unfair to expect a 17 year old to decide what they want to do with the rest of their lives, like from scratch. You know what I mean? That's one thing that I always thought was kind of stupid, especially when all of this money is on the line. You asking these kids to sign their lives away. They can't even get a credit card, Mm -hmm. but you having them take $70,000 loans out in a year when they could barely find their own asses. You know what I mean? So I truly think that it is very important to have your junior high and younger do all the activities, see what you want to do. And not just like, you know, sports. And I mean, nothing wrong with sports because that could be your bag. That could be your thing. Same thing with like dance. 
You know, I know a couple of my friends went to school for dance, but they did it in high school. And then by the time, you know, we got to college, it was just like, okay, I think I'm a little danced out. I'll do, um, I want to say Tay was a majorette, but it's like, you know, at a certain point, do as much as possible as early as possible so that you have some type of, you know, are you an artist? Are you a musician? Are you um, a dancer, a sports person? None? Cool. So what about the the sciences? Is that your bag? Are you a reader writer? Right. Is that your bag? Do as much right. as possible with your babies so that yes. by the time they get to high school, they can get a, they can feel more comfortable being able to say, no, this isn't for me. Yes, right. that is for me. Also, mm-hmm. I think one thing that I, the one thing that I will say I was, acu- I was, what is it? Acute, yeah, acutely aware of Mm-hmm. I did well in very small environments because yes. my high school yeah. was very small yeah. and I knew how it benefited me for like, I knew how to play the game and I, yeah. that I understood. I yeah. knew that my teachers knowing who I was and what I was capable of got yeah. me through. Even when I wasn't um, like, if I didn't perform well on the test, my teacher didn't just say, Oh, that's, it is what it is. Moving yeah. on. Yeah. It was a tap on the shoulder, like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, they supported you, right? Yeah, right. they could call me out when I was fucking up, or they could yeah. call me in, or then it's just like, they just expect it. Plus, I'm over didn't play that shit, so I didn't really have the option to fuck up yeah. too much, but I will never forget <laughs> right. when I transitioned my sophomore year, when I went from, and this is in high school, from mm-hmm. sequential one to sequential two, I had the same teacher. And I mm-hmm. did like all like 90s and A's or whatever in sequential one, but I got to sequential two and I got an 85. And when I tell you, my teacher was so disappointed. Like she was talking to her mom, really? like, I don't know what's going on with her. I, be, I cried. I was oh, so disappointed man. that I disappointed everybody. Yeah. So it was just like, I knew after that, it's just like, okay, no, these small environments work for me. So I didn't want to yeah. go to a huge university. Like one of my best friends went to UNC. That wasn't going to work for me yes. because I'm like, I can't sit in a class with a thousand kids. Somebody right. has to know who I am so that exactly. it's like, cause I knew my personality got me through a lot of shit. I'm yeah. like, come on. I know a lot of half of the shit that I submitted and did well on. I didn't try. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, y'all just fuck with me. I, y'all got to just like me because <laughs> I, which is I mean, how it is in life, man. And these jobs and hello? stuff, listen, having relationships will get you. I mean, I was fine. smart. But then I'm just yeah. like, oh, I can't be that smart. But maybe I was. <laughs> I don't know. But regardless to say, I knew mm-hmm. that my teachers knowing who I was and being able to go up to a teacher. And I remember the first time I went up to a teacher and I was like, okay, so you must not understand me. Because I, I, if you ask me, I failed accounting. I had no clue what the fuck I was doing. Somehow I passed. But I'm like, sir, I'm failing. He's like, <laughs> no, you're not. And he's just like, and he's just like, no, you're not. And I'm like, do you know who I am? Because I don't know what I'm doing. So there's no way I'm passing. So yeah. I would personally suggest get them babies figuring out all kinds of things early. Get yes. give 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 yes. them the opportunity to have a sense of self. Don't expect yes. that at 17 they're gonna have done that work on their oh, own. You mm-hmm. gotta foster that in them and give them Absolutely. options. If they don't wanna do something, it's not a matter of oh, okay, yeah, you didn't like dancing this week, so you don't dance anymore. It's so like, no, stick through it, finish out the yeah. year. But at the same right. time, okay, well, let's try something next year. Exactly. When do you think is a good time for the kids to start visiting schools? When is a good time to start like working on your essays and your uh what do you call those like scholarships? grant money, you know, when is the time to tap into looking for monies and um, looking at campuses? 
Yeah, I, I think I want I would love to say junior high school, but honestly, when middle schoolers, they you're not you they're um they're not focused enough. Like I don't feel like okay. it benefits them enough to like actually be looking like visiting college. I think once 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 you get to ninth grade, I would say like starting in ninth because I went in like mid in my sophomore year, I feel like that was a good time. Like because it was like college is still like there's still some time before I have to make a decision, but okay, but it's I'm still in high school, so I know what's going on. Yeah. Um, that's I think is best like ninth, tenth grade to do that's like part of the discovery, like visiting campuses, seeing the kind of like, you know, the feel that you want on a campus. And you you have a better idea once you're, you know, you're 14, 15, you're fresh, you know, you're a freshman, sophomore in high school. I think that's a good time. Um, but like you said, majors, I think like I think everybody really knows, like, you know what you're good at. You know, like, what your strong student's food is early on. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, middle middle school, early high school, it's a good time to start, like, seeking out different majors. And me, I'm big on not only seeking out majors, but, like, do a program. Like, go over, do a summer session at Columbia that has, like, a, you know, engineering program. There's so many opportunities like that. Oh my gosh. And I've, my goal is to do a lot better with sharing them out because we get stuff like that all the time. You know, there's mm-hmm. this, high, there's actually a, 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 a high school internship where the district attorney's office that like, you know what I mean? I know girl, growing up, I never knew about her. I don't think it ever existed. Or maybe it did. I just didn't know about it, you know? So right, I think right. that, like, not only like, um, you know, like maybe thinking about what you want to do, but like, find opportunities to actually do those things to see if like you know I want to maybe work in a in that type of you know court environment because you might go there and then you hate it you're like okay now yeah. I definitely don't you know I know that's not what as exactly but I don't want to do so you know I think that's equally as important too like like you were saying before like yeah it's good to understand your strengths but also it's, it's also helpful when you know okay I definitely don't want that yeah. so you don't yeah. lose your time you know um doing things that you know that you know you're ultimately not going to be interested in that's how um, I learned yeah. not to be a doctor I volunteered <laughs> I thought you couldn't tell me that I wasn't going to be a doctor I was going to be that a pediatrician part. until I got to yeah. sister somebody's chemistry class it's it's mm-hmm. fuck her all day I don't care sister somebody I <laughs> somebody. she should have retired <laughs> eons ago yeah, but when I tell you that was the first teacher that really like granted I was probably like 16 so you're 16, you're mm-hmm. on your bag anyway. But when yeah. I tell you, like, that was the first seat, that was the only teacher my mother ever had to come up to school about me. Mm, have a conversation with you. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget my mama advocating for me on that one. Teacher tried to say, your daughter has a problem with being wrong. I was like, my, my child does not have a, and my mother was, is it, well, she was a teacher. My entire, like, not my entire life. She, my okay. mother was a teacher for, um, not to be thirsty. My mother was a teacher for probably like 25 years. 20 years or something like Beautiful. that. So my mother That's never played baby. about that. About hello. Okay. Yeah. And to a dance classes on the weekend. <laughs> so somebody else's kids six uh, days out of the week. God bless her. God bless you, Mom. Um, but my mother told her, my, my child does not have a problem being wrong, but what she's not going to let you do is just tell her she's wrong without an explanation. She needs to know why she's wrong so that she cannot be wrong again. So if you're not giving that, she's going to ask. Yeah this Your is job. where we are hello yeah <laughs> hello and that's what the fucking problem was she wasn't doing that that's why i used yeah. to her all day yeah. but um i yeah. absolutely volunteered 
because my high school made us it was forced upon us to volunteer mm-hmm. we couldn't graduate that without part. it and mm-hmm. um feel a little, a little way about that because I feel like they fucked me over on the when to do it so I ended up volunteering way more time than I needed to because they girl long story oh. anyway I got to the I volunteered at Mary Macula Hospital it's since closed down and when I tell you it was fun but it because it's like you're 16 they're not letting you do nothing important right yeah. but I enjoyed like I realized being the there people, it's the yeah. people of it for me that I liked I liked yeah. you know but it was sad at the same time because I worked on the peds unit because I'm a kid they can't put me up with a bunch of adults right so I would just feed the babies I would just sit in the room with the other kids that were around my age and talk to them so for one it was perspective it was eye-opening for like a 15 16 year old to see like your health is a blessing not every 15 year old can just go outside and ride their bike or go to after school programs and stuff like that some of them are sitting in the hospital I was looking at a kid that had what I don't know what the hell was wrong with the baby but I remember part of what whatever their illness was they had sores in their mouth so they wouldn't eat like it was just a difficult time having this kid eat so it's like here you are in your little feelings and you're feeding a baby that it's just like oh you're finally eating oh my god I feel like I'm doing good so it was like of all the good that came out of volunteering I think kind of forcing kids to volunteer can be very beneficial. But then I remember seeing mm-hmm. this girl with her head in a book. And when I tell you the book weighed what I weighed at the time, had to be, I was probably mm-hmm. like 115 pounds soaking wet. But at the t- I'm looking mm-hmm. at this book and she looked so fucking miserable. And r- when I saw it, I was just like, that's not going to be me. Oh, I don't want to do high school study. now. She was, she was one of those, um, what do you call um, the the people that go like doing clinicals or something like that? I could tell she wasn't like I knew she wasn't one of like our doctors on the floor. She was one of those uh, like, uh, like students. Student? Yes. And I was looking at her just in this book and I'm just like, oh, I ain't never reading a book that big. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in that moment. I knew I was never going to be a doctor. And it was just like, I didn't know that until I saw it. Otherwise, I would have gone to school. I would have done all undergrad and then probably started a pre-med program to be like, fuck this. I didn't want to do four years of high school, let let alone another four years of college. I'm like, well, I got to go to college. I ain't going to do that. Like my mother wasn't playing. You got to go. So knowing what you don't want also yeah it's another really good point but again explore you got to get out there and experience those things you got to get because another thing and I didn't want to forget to bring it up you had mentioned it earlier when doing those college tours mm-hmm. look and see where them schools is at because yeah. I don't know I remember in one of my homegirls in school was like yeah I want to go to Oberlin which is like in the middle of Ohio I someplace mm-hmm. and I'm like girl it's in Ohio don't <laughs> They got like more than corn in Ohio. <laughs> I was like, what Ohio got? Like, why would you go to Ohio for school? Mm-hmm. Like we got yeah. the entire Eastern seaboard and California, but you're stopping at Ohio. <laughs> Seems a little <laughs> precarious, girl. Do you? Um, but right. yeah, those neighborhoods matter because I not would better. not as like now the, I ain't a parent now, but. I'm thinking like, okay, now I think more from the parents' perspective as opposed from the kids. And I'm like, I would be yeah. beside myself if I let my kid go to an area where there are no black people or it's a very racist area. Yep. You end up in these yep. schools like my cousin went to one of my cousins went to Ole Miss. And I'm like, hmm. 
I don't know if I would mm-hmm. want my child in school in Mississippi. Yeah, no, it's real. But they trying to pull back all types of like crazy down there. I was reading some of the stuff happening down. I'm like, it's yes, they really trying to roll the clock back for real. Yeah, Florida is a shit show in and of itself. So that, that's another like, place I would never go to. Maybe have yeah. here, but I never lived there. But yeah, it's true. Like you have to. Like it's so important. I'm, and I feel like Hampton was the perfect like environment for me. It was a suburban area. I was coming from the city. There were certain things that frustrated me about not being able to get on a bus and train like how I was used to. But you know, I think it was like the perfect setting. It was calm enough where I could mm-hmm. like you know I could just be you felt comfortable enough to be yourself and not worry yeah. about the adult life part of it, you got yes. to be a young person coming into themselves without having to navigate. Like if I go off campus, can I only go, but so far off campus because it's not safe for me. I can be a kid and be like, Oh, my friends are having a party at this school or this and house me. has a party here. And we going. The rest we talk. Okay. Walking around in the middle of the night, hopping in random people's cars. Like it was, we did a lot of wild stuff that, you know, thank God it was on Instagram and you know, oh my God. TikTok back then. Cause listen, Hello. the stuff that we got into. <laughs> Right. And it was, that's what you want to know yeah. your kid is safe. Do I mean, safe is subjective, yeah, but mm-hmm. right. But at the same time, it's just like visiting these neighborhoods and communities where these schools are actually going out there and seeing, do you feel comfortable enough to go out and experience life? You know what I mean? Those things matter. And I, I did not, those weren't things that I thought about. They weren't yeah. at all. And I think that now with organizations such as yourself and also with social media just being what it yeah. is, just the connectivity in, um, and the community of being able to share experiences, a yeah. lot of kids now are more aware of what their options are. They're more aware of what surrounding areas and also technology. Technology yeah. is here now. We could Google yeah. and Listen. spread open the map and see who all out there. They're catching Ubers. I'm like, oh, ooh, I wish we had Uber and Instagram. I mean, Inst- um, Uber and Lyft. Like, you just you just called the cab. Like, we was man. We was really it was ghetto. It was like, yes. get around like that. Unless you had a big brother, big sister that was available to like, you know, it was tough. So they have it so easy now. You can Uber eats food too. Like, hello, like, oh, I had to get up and out. walk to the comments. The shit, and yeah, I was the only one of my friends that had a car. The food, you gotta so go then, get it. Shit. <laughs> And then they closed at certain hours. So the spot yes. where niggas would make actual, like I knew who to get the steak sandwich from, who not to get the steak sandwich from. I knew at what hours not to order certain food. I know who to fuck with, with what foods and no. what. It was like, you got to navigate all of those yes. things. And I was really had one of my friends that had a car. So it was just like so much that I didn't want to do because I knew I'd be the designated driver. No, I'm not going to a, school, a party at Stony Brook because I'm not driving. <laughs> so I'm going to stay here. Y'all have a good time. Right, Buffalo, right. bitch, what? No, I'm not going to no <laughs> Buffalo party. Fuck it. I got to work. That was another reason why I had to right. I always had a reason to work. What do you suggest for kids to do about, um, like once they choose a school, they get mm. there. How would you suggest they do their best to tap into community? How do they, because um, I know we had t- touched on it before, but, you know, knowing how to use resources, how would you um, suggest the babies that are starting school or when they do choose their location, they're here, right? Part of that transition. And that's another part of travel. It's just like, you're now not the high school kid anymore. Now you're the young adult that is, you know, you're responsible for a lot of things when you're on in high school. And then also everyone's living in life situations are a little bit different. Some people yeah. step into that role much sooner than others. 
But yeah. for those that, you know, end up kind of walking <laughs> into that towards college, that is a, I don't want to say, cause, cause we all know those of us that are traveling ship regulars travel is so much more than vacation. You're traveling Absolutely. to school. I'd never forget packing that fucking car up <laughs> and trying to do one trip. When I tell you, I got that down to a science, baby. I found every inch in that car, but trying to get <laughs> all of your shit to the school and then mm-hmm. back off campus on campus navigating that i had roommates that lived out of state them having to navigate you know you travel yeah. for holidays that's another thing yes. to consider mm-hmm. can you afford to get home that part can you get that can you, can you, can you be up in 3 a.m get that you know what i mean that hundred dollar flight okay can you afford the hundred dollar flight like you know hundred dollar flights weren't a thing at like they are now in 2006 yeah. you know what i mean so it's like do you want to take a 22 hour bus ride to your home state um or do you have a reliable car like you only you only three states away but can you get there safely? Yeah. Is there going to be transportation? Like the things that your parents, like, you know, um, campus things and different events or activities that you may want your people to pull up to. Can your friends yeah. and family do that? Like, those are also things to consider. Like when you're choosing your school, what Absolutely. type of daughter or son are you? Do you need to be able to see your mom and dad? Do you need to be able to see right. your siblings? So consider yeah. like, can they get to you? Or can you get to them? Those types of yeah, things. Those are big. Yeah. Those yeah. Are, especially at HBCU when we they they're always doing stuff for parents. I'm sure maybe most mm-hmm. colleges that have like a you know the students that live on campus they're doing stuff for parents. It's homecoming. There's Adelphi ain't spring. Huh? No. <laughs> there's spring fest. There's I mean commence. You know we have the the yeah. founders day. I mean from if, if your parent is a part of a organization organization there's those anniversaries you know significant so there's always stuff happening on HBCU campus so that's definitely that was a thing for me too I always said I never wanted to go further than Virginia I'm like that's like far enough for me to be able to do my thing but still get home quick you know and I used Mm -hmm. to be on that man I used to be on that road okay when I got my car stuff my year my dad made it happen for me um, even though we weren't supposed to have cars on campus but he you know he doing using his network his preaching network you know I hear that and so um yeah like that's a huge huge consideration but like speaking to like how as someone that's new on a college campus like how do you navigate my biggest thing join organizations that's been something that I've held even after graduation and how I connect with I'm able to build connections with people join organizations I mean I, I wish I would have done more of that early on I did it later but mm-hmm. I wish I would have done more of that as soon as I got to Hampton because especially on a HBCU campus and I think that's one of the things that makes a HBCU campus so special there's so many organizations catered to our experience right there's the and I was able to be part of the, the National Association of Black Black Accountants the student the student wow. um you know chapter there was the Black Marketers Association it was the, the National Association of Black Journalists in Hampton you know um the student the student chapter and so you know, or, you know, just even just, you know, the student government, like, I really wish I would have been a student leader when I was at Hampton's campus, because again, having that access to people, because that was, that was probably one of the largest, like, student organizations on campus, the student leader program, Um, and just, like, being able to be a campus leader, and, like, just being exposed to things that you're just not going to be exposed to have, just going to class every day, you know what I mean, so that's one of my biggest things, Um, I think, knowing and understanding how to make connections because we like literally teach our kids, you know, that in our program, like 
how to introduce themselves to somebody new. Like, hi, my name is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. really go through it because not everybody knows how to really talk to people and like how yeah. to actually network. Like what does that really look like from different perspectives, from meeting like a peer, meeting an adult, meeting maybe a recruiter, right? Like how do you nurture those, not only create the connections in the moment, but also nurture the relationships and keep in touch with people and follow up with them. You know, all of those things are super, super, all those little small skill sets that are big skill sets, you know, really matter, you know, when you're, um, you know, you're entering any new environment. I think like, like, you know, like you were saying that applies to travel, you know, just in general, yeah. like how do you cultivate cool. relationships, you Open know, your mouth. in another country? I mean, it's all, those are transferable skills. You yes. Know? Yes. But yeah, I definitely, my thing is like understanding how to just have conversations, how to nurture relationships and join organizations. Those are where the people are going to be, where you can, you mm-hmm. know, be able to make those connections. With, so so where cool. can the people find you? Where can we access the HBCU hub so that we, especially New Yorkers, because I know that you said you're focusing more on doing uh, in-person events. So especially to the New Yorkers, but then also for people that are out of state, I know that I'm sure you have um, listed resources and information is information, right? So even if you're not able to access, um, make yourself accessible to the in-person aspect of it, I'm sure that there's going to be information that you can transfer or look for in your own community or neighborhood, at least the title of a type of organization, like a program or, for example, what's a program or what's something that you do in person? Um, In terms of what, like, uh, like our workshops? Yeah, just a workshop in general. Oh, like, um, yeah, like I was saying, like financially or whatever, workshop something like that yeah you, you can google it. what that is look at the offerings that nicole offers with the hbcu hbcu hub and if you can't get to new york to do that use it you've at least been able to see okay these are at the disposal to children well young people excuse me y'all going <laughs> into college yeah. let me look for that where i am so where yeah. can we find you and the programs and the awesome resources that you have available yeah, so um, th- like I mentioned earlier, our website is www.thehbcuhub.org. We're on Facebook, and on our website you can find all of our all of our social media handles. Yeah. But we're also um, the HBCU Hub NYC on Instagram, the HBCU Hub on Facebook, um, and HBCU Hub on um, on Twitter. We don't really tweet that much, but we're working on that. Um, and in terms of resources, we um we have like a, like a uh, um like a group a group chat where we like we, ton, we throw ton, tons and tons of information about different scholarships and different programs and different opportunities different events um in our group chat so if you are uh if you go to our we also have a mailing list of course we have a newsletter that we send out on a regular basis that also shares out um you know different opportunities mm-hmm. different events we really hit like all of the different from alumni to students yeah you know nice. um, we have that as well but um but yeah like for students definitely tap in with us you can pre-register we have a rolling uh, pre-registration on our website so you can legit go to the website and say you know you want to pre-register for our hhu program and then that'll put you in our communication channels for when we have events or um you know we do our mailing list or when we start our programming so so yeah so those are the best ways um to reach to reach out to us for sure Thank you, my dear. And thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for your expertise. I've loved catching up with you. 
And please get them babies uh, into who they are so that when it comes time for them to show the world who they are, they can do with 10 toes down and with a full chest. All right, y'all. So thanks for joining us this week and we'll see y'all the next time. Bye, y'all.